Welcome back to We Watch Dead People. This is episode 17. I think so. In our supposedly endless season one, <laughs> season infinity. Yeah. We're never going to cut it off, are we? I don't know. I don't know. We haven't season talked about it. So ne- this next year? I don't know. But what is next year? 2020. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it could... I don't know. Well... Whatever. We'll just keep chugging. We've but got no structure. No, we don't. But we saw a good movie. We saw a super good movie, and you guys waited an, an, a couple extra days for this episode. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe, maybe you, didn't you don't care, listen right? to them when they come out. But yeah. my dad noticed, so <laughs> thank you, dad. Somebody had to. Somebody. Ow, sorry. You okay? Yes. I scraped my nail. I'm putting it down. I'm not looking at it. Okay. okay. It's just that we've turned off our fans so that we get the best audio we can. And like I can, your face is already glistening and I'm I sure mine it. is too. Yeah. It's very hot. Yeah. yeah. It's warm. We also. We're joke- dedicated to our fans is yeah. what we're saying. Oh, was that a pun? Oh, 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 it wasn't keep, intentional. We'll but. keep the puns intentional or not. I don't okay. care. Let's talk the about movie. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> we saw a really good movie. We saw Midsummer. We saw Midsummer, which Will has been waiting for forever because mm. it's written and directed by the same guy that did Hereditary. Hereditary, the movie you mention every episode. I know, but that's because it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I yes. Um, and this good. this movie, I was you know I explained it to people. I got to the point of hype where it was. You know, I tried to limit it, but I failed. And I was so hyped to see this movie. Um, You tried to limit your own hype? Well, yeah, because if you get too hyped, and this is especially true with me, Mm -hmm. just I know myself, Mm -hmm. I get too hyped, and then the movie disappoints me. It happens a lot. Um, I I can think of the most recent Halloween as a really good example well of we're not doing halloween right now we're doing I know, but a different episode i understand i'm just saying don't spoil how but, you feel about it okay well it's fine but this movie i was uber hyped for you really were and it exceeded my expectations it somehow. really did so yeah I, i'll do the housekeeping stuff and do then, it but then we're gonna break this episode up into a non-spoiler assessment a spoiler of the prologue and then yeah, which is talk- the first like 15 and minutes then, is like a prologue yeah and then talking about the movie in general which is just going to be spoilers galore so we'll alert you when we hit those segments but for now um midsummer was directed and written by ari aster Woo-hoo! yeah a genius <laughs> a genius um and it stars florence Pugh as danny jack rayner um as Christian, her boyfriend, if you saw Sing Street, he plays the older brother. Great it's movie. Really, really fun movie. Um, William Jackson Harper from that show, The Good Place, that I've never watched. No, but there are a lot of ads. And when I first saw ads for season one, I was like, this isn't going to make it past season one. You know, it just kind of mm-hmm. looks like one of those shows. And then all of a sudden, people were super hyped about it. And we're like, yeah, season two. And I was like, oh, it lasted. That's cool. Yeah. He plays a, a guy named Josh and uh, Will Poulter from... Uh, the thing I most associate him with is uh, the Black Mirror movie Bandersnatch. He's mm-hmm. like that moody, edgy programmer who introduces the main character to drugs. Uh, also a good and, movie. And in this movie, he's sort of he plays Mark, who's like a he's, he's the obnoxious bro friend. Um, and then there's Wilhelm Blomgren, who plays Pele, who's a Swedish foreign exchange student and friends with Christian, Josh, and Mark, and invites this whole crew. Um, to his like Swedish family communes uh, midsummer festival, which he says happens every ninety years, and that's sort of the overview. That's the linchpin of the movie. So, mm-hmm. um, we really can't say any more about the plot it's so without hard spoiling to talk, yeah. it. But I will say for the non-spoiler segment that this movie. Um, makes hereditary look thematically it's more straightforward but hereditary is a more straightforward horror movie this movie dabbles more in disturbing and unsettling 
images rather than like outright horror. There's not like jump scares. Hereditary didn't have many of them, but it had a few. Um, and this has zero. And it, I mean, it, it takes place entirely in the daylight, which I think, you know, people have obviously made a big deal about. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think it's very easy to contrast it to hereditary but also in a lot of ways compare because hereditary like we've talked about before is unsettling because you're watching like the crumbling of a family unit and it's like sickening because it's like relatable and obviously there are supernatural elements or like extreme circumstances that i hope to never go through but you don't want to meet payment no but like it's relatable and in a lot of ways i think this i think midsummer though extreme circumstances has some like real like gut emotions set up that continue to play through that you relate to like i don't know no i agree i mean i feel like horror movies aren't the things you're supposed to like relate to well but ari aster said that you know about hereditary he wanted to write a movie about like loss and grief Mm-hmm. And then realized that a horror movie, he'd be more, e- it would be more easily financed. Yeah. So he wrote it as a horror movie. This movie, he was contracted to write like a slasher movie at a Swedish cult, um, and he decided to smuggle he, in his words, smuggle a breakup movie into it. Yeah. So he, so what makes his movies, his two movies so far, so good is that they are scary and they are frightening, but at their core, they're not about, they're not just about that. They're about real human problems. Yes. Grief, breakups, relationships. Um, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's what makes his movies good. And he's two movies in and they're both excellent. And I will say that Hereditary is everyone was gonna do it anyways. Compare and contrast, but yeah, he himself has invited that by saying that they're. I mean, he basically worked on them over two and a half years nonstop. Yeah, and has said that he didn't even get to really appreciate how well Hereditary did because he was already making Midsummer by the time it came out. So he just anyone who thinks that like he was taking notes from Hereditary, I mean, they were. Like the same it was, creative it wasn't process, like, yeah, so it wasn't, I don't know if it, he was purposely, so, but like when you're on one artistic brain strain. Well, and I think you'll see elements, similar elements pop up in both, and also mirroring each other. I mean, Hereditary, visually very dark, this movie very light. As you said, that movie's about a family unit breaking down. This sort of is about bringing one together and... Yeah finding it's about codependency you know it's uh, they're interesting and it would be interesting when they're both out on uh blu-ray or whatever to watch them back to back because i think it would be kind of neat um but i will also say hereditary divided audiences a lot of people general audiences didn't like it um which i've never quite been able to understand simply because i like it so much um I just don't quite get why people didn't like it. I think it is very scary. I think it's probably because it's so gut-wrenching, and generally, when you go to the movies and are looking for a good time, general people don't want that experience. Yeah, like, even out of horror movies, which I don't like, like, I don't get much joy out of a jump scare, but, like, that's why people who like them like them, right? Because that's like a, ooh, it's fun. But... Yeah, yeah. But, exactly. And that and Hereditary doesn't do that, and neither does Midsummer. No, and as a matter of fact, I think Midsummer is going to be um, even more divisive and turn more people off because it is uh, significant, significantly weirder and morally ambiguous. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and Hereditary and think- its morality is very straightforward compared to midsummer it's like for the most part i think that annie has some significant complexity and so does the sun no i'm not saying it's not complex but i'm saying their moral journey of like what they want to have happen happen well it doesn't happen but like their morals are very clear of like what they stand for and what they don't yeah okay yeah that's what i mean 
Okay, so we both... Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't quite thought about how that might turn people off. I was mostly thinking about the weirdness, which, again, we can't really go into. But the last 35 minutes of the movie, I looked down our row and all the people we were with, we were all just sitting there with our mouths open. Yeah, agape. Just it was, like, oh. It was... The last, like, 30 minutes of hereditary, your mouth is open because it, like... A demon cult has presented itself. Yeah, shit sort of hits the fan, and I don't know that I would say shit hits the fan in this movie. It's sort of it's a well, but Ugh. it's a it's a lot it's a lot slower. Hereditary, it all just mm. like blasts out at you right at the end, mm-hmm. and in this movie, it's batshit for the last half an hour, but but it happens at a much more tempered pace, which yeah. really in its own way drags out the kind of the 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 awfulness of it yeah <laughs> um the craziness of it yeah it's really interesting um so can we move on to the prologue yeah so okay. this is the first set of spoilers that we're gonna talk about like the first 10 to 15 minutes of the movie which is like a I prologue it kind of sets stuff up yeah, i don't know it, it takes place in the winter time and is like very purposefully delineated from the rest of the movie and yeah because the credits play after it yeah i will say that some people don't mind if you have this spoiled for them the opening it's also been in some of the reviews which i've read since seeing the movie i would not have wanted it spoiled for me i wouldn't have either so i don't know maybe this is where maybe yeah maybe this is where most people turn off this episode but um Anyways. Okay, so in the first 15 minutes, I think this is where it is most similar to Hereditary. Yeah. Like, rather than pulling notes off. It is... Visually, the whole thing. Visually, also, like, in theme of story, but we open, it's like a winter night. Danny is at home, and she is upset. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Did I already mess it up? You didn't mess up, but there... It opens with... Literally opens with a full screen mural done in like Scandinavian folk art. And I would be so interested to see this movie again and just like pause it right on there. I know. As they were showing it, I was like, God, I wish I had like a picture memory, whatever that's called. So Mm -hmm. I could just snap this and go back to it and look because I know everything is going to connect. Like I know Ari, I know that son of a bitch and that everything (laughs) is going to like all come together. I feel fairly confident that like most of the movie is captured in that image but anyways it then slides open he says that the movie's like a fairy uh, like an adult fairy tale Mm -hmm. and it's sort of the way the opening is presented it really nails that home but anyways so we open with winter it's snowing lightly kind of pretty and danny is at home and she is like upset because she's gotten this um email from her sister that's basically like life's really hard i'm taking mom and dad i love you goodbye or something i don't even know it It doesn't say i love you but she's like really upset about it and she calls her boyfriend christian and it is a fucked up email it's like it is everything is no it says like i'm done everything's black mom and dad are coming too bye goodbye yeah it's terrible (laughs) yeah like it doesn't sound good like she's very rightly freaking out which plays to later themes in the movie that i won't go into but like right away i at least like i don't know how you felt but i right away like aligned with her and then especially when she called her boyfriend christian and he's just like tired he's not really listening he's like she does this all the time like i don't know and she's like no i have a feeling about this and he's like no like she does it like you're just giving her power whatever is like trying to give advice but is not is clearly not very, like, present in the conversation. Because he said he's been out with his friends and they smoked weed and they're eating pizza and, like... Yeah. But he just sounds, like, distant. And right away I was like, oh, poor girl. Like, she needs something else. Mm -hmm. And, like, because he's been so distant, whatever, she calls a friend who, like, we never see or never learn the name of, but the friend is, like, validating her and being like, no, this is, like, why you call on him. She's like, I just feel like he's getting bored, whatever. Like, right away, there's relationship drama. That is then overhauled by the actual drama of finding out what happened to her parents, which is that her sister has killed them, has, like, taken a hose from the car, like 
tied it onto the put it on the yeah the way the way the way they frame it it's like you think they show the she gets the unknown number call and then and then uh christian is like with his with his buds josh and mark and pele at the pizza shop Mm -hmm. and then he gets a call from her again as they're basically encouraging him to break up with her and he's thinking about it and then he gets the call and he answers it and she's just sobbing wailing like very reminiscent of tony collette in hereditary it's Mm -hmm. it's guttural and it's Hard. It's disturbing. And then you see the the family home. It cuts to her family's house. And they set it up like you think it's going to be a carbon monoxide car in the garage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which is already disturbing enough. But then, as Emma was saying... The camera like follows... It, yeah. There are hoses on the ends of the car that are taking in the carbon monoxide. Mm-hmm. And the hoses wind into the house, up the stairs, and one has been put... In the parents' room and, like, they're under their door has been, like, sealed off with duct tape. And you see them, like, wheeling out the parents who... Oops, sorry. The parents who, like, died very peacefully. At least it kind of looks like. Like, they don't look... Whatever. Like, they were unaware. Just died in their bed. It's not ghastly, I guess. No, but, I mean... It's very disturbing, though. Yes, it sucks. And then the... And you follow the parents being wheeled out, and then in the background you see the other hose has gone into the sister's room. One of the camera follows it all the way in, and her eyes are, like, bugged out, and it's it's yeah. real bad. Yeah. She's put, like, a gas mask with a tube hooked up to it to her face. Yeah, it's real, real unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, Danny's... Is left without any family. Yeah, and she's just wailing in Christian's lap, who... Walk, they show him walking to her apartment or something, and he you can just tell he doesn't really want to go, but he knows he has to. Yeah. Um, and then you're in the credits. <laughs> and it's just like... And there's the prologue. Jesus. It just... It, it sets up... It sets up Danny's journey um, of isolation and uh, pain very well. Um, but yes, so that's the prologue. We're going to go into the rest of the movie now. So if you felt comfortable with like the first 15 minutes, um, strap in, well, yeah, get, you know, get out of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Either, whichever you're most comfortable with, but we're going to talk about the rest of the movie. So anyways, um, I want to see this movie like three or four more times though. Yeah. Because of that mural and stuff and like. Everything feels so thoughtful. I don't know. Go on. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with Hereditary. I would have expected nothing less, basically. Um, But yeah, so the movie transitions to the summertime, and Danny is clearly still disturbed, and Christian... Morning, and like, obviously, if your whole family was just gone, you'd be... Yeah, yeah. But Christian, who is stuck around, seemingly out of obligation to her... Because breaking up with somebody after their whole family dies is pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, but he still doesn't really want to... He, he still just wants to... He's he's done. He seems blah. Well, he's just... About the relationship. He's... Yeah. I don't... I think Christian is like... He, I, he He's somebody that should be broken up with. He just doesn't have the nerve to do it. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to be in the relationship. She doesn't really want to be either, but they can't, at this point, can't get out of it. They somehow just feel really stuck. But anyways, he he tries to slip out to go to a party. She's like, well, I, I'll, I'll come along. And there, his friends are talking about how Pele is inviting him, inviting all of them to Sweden for this uh, Midsummer festival and yeah. so like Christian and Josh are in the anthropology department. I, I don't they know all about are. Mark. I don't know. Yeah, I get Pele is too. Okay, yeah. so Mark probably is as well. Yeah. But like Josh is very fascinated in these rituals and wants to go. He's a and, nerd. Yeah, <laughs> and really the turning point of that though is that Danny had like no idea that they were gonna go and like. It turns into this argument because she was like, that was really awkward, like, uh, that you didn't tell me that. And he was like, well, I might not go. And she's like, you've already bought tickets. And he was like, I was going to tell you, you know, just yeah. like. I'll just 
I, I wish I'd brought this up earlier so other people could have heard it. One of the things about this movie is that I that I was not expecting is how funny it is. And Yeah. And jet like not it's it's intentionally funny, just to be clear. Um and that scene where she finds out that they're going on this trip and that Christian hasn't told her, he's standing there with his arms crossed and he's like, Yep, if we go, because we're not sure. And then they're like, she's like, when is it? And they're like, in two weeks. Like, you know, it it's uncomfortable, but it's also funny the way it's yeah. done. Yeah. Um, and uh, It is actually funny. So what, what's interesting is that the, the humor... Oftentimes, there you'll find that horror movies have a hard time balancing the humor and the horror, and this yeah, one does not. Yeah, it feels like a cheesy one-liner comes in, like a friend just going like, "Well, this is weird," yeah. you know. But like, this has a good. Yeah. Yeah. But they have this fight, and then it jump cuts to Christian with all his friends in one of their apartments, and then he tells them that Danny's going to come up, and as she's, you don't see her, but as she's, I guess, Sending. moving through the apartment building, he tells them, "I invited her." She's not coming. I invited her and she accepted, but she's not coming. <laughs> like, and they're like, and they're, what? They're, they're, they're all just sitting because they clearly don't like her yeah. very much, except for Pele. Has um, been like nice to her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you can just tell that it's, this is going to be very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she comes up and. Oh, and he tells them, he's like, and I told her that like you, you invited, guys wanted yeah, her to come. You invited her. So, and they're like, Okay. All right, yeah. Uh, but she comes up and, you know, some of them disperse and that kind of thing. And she sits next to Pele, who... Is drawing the coffee table. Yeah, and he he tells her that he's really excited for her to come. Um, and then... Tries to, like, relate to her emotionally. About, tries to be like, I'm says, really sorry, sorry about your family. Like, I... I know that it's hard. Well, I don't know what you're going through, but, like, my parents died in a fire, and, like, that it, it's hard, and she just, like, tears up, and in something that will become, like, a theme for her to do throughout the movie, she just, like, is like, oh, sorry, I can't deal with this, like, gets up, goes to the bathroom, and just, like, sobs very silently, like, tries to hold it back in, and in that shot... It's a cool shot. It's super cool. It The bathroom transitions to, like, the airplane bathroom. Yeah. And as she comes out from, like, getting herself together, she's in an airplane and they're headed to Sweden. Yeah. And the movie very quickly shuttles them up to the Swedish countryside. And almost immediately upon getting there, we're introduced to another recurring theme of the movie, which is psychedelic drug Drugs. use. <laughs> yeah. And the whole group, uh, Pele, Josh, Mark christian and danny they meet pele's brother ingmar and they all take psychedelic mushrooms Mm -hmm. and they start they haven't actually gone to the the proper the proper commune they're sort of just in a field near the commune yeah um and they start tripping and you know some of them are they're dealing with it with varying degrees of uh they're, Grace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, that's and that's a good where word. some of the humor comes in too, because Mark is like, "We should all lay down. We all need." I don't know. It's like you know how like sometimes drug use in movies is like kind of eye rolly. Yeah, like all, it's funny in a good way and it's honest in a good way. Yeah, and I will say that the the visuals during the the drug use are really wild. We no, we won't name names, okay? But some of the people we were with at the movie have used psychedelic drugs and they said that the visuals were probably the closest they've seen in a movie to actual psychedelic tripping i mean i can't really verify that i can't speak to it either but what they were saying was that like usually in movies it's like everything's spinning and there are colors but instead in this it was just like some things were just moving expanding changing shape ever so slightly like almost like Like, everything was breathing well yeah and they yeah like the trees just sort of like rippling and danny sees like the grass that her hand is in like going through her hand basically rather than around it yeah and but eventually one of the group is like you're all like my family and she just immediately freaks out yeah, because she starts thinking about her family, and then she's trying to chill out and not think about her family because it's going to ruin her trip. And too late. Too late. So <clears throat> this, she basically just runs around and then passes out, 
But I think that sort of establishes the vulnerability. Um, which she even she that that that's another point with her and Christian. Like she doesn't want to do the mushrooms, and then he's sort of like, "Well, I won't either." But then she feels like she's keeping him from having a good time with his friends, and so she just sort of relents and does it. Um, it's setting the stage for all the bad all the bad things <laughs> but yeah. anyways then they go to the commune and they get there and immediately i notice that a pele is introduced to a man father odd or something like that i can't remember what his name is exactly but he says hello to the whole group and looks right at danny and says welcome home yeah. and i was just like oh shit <laughs> like <laughs> not good we uh, also meet Pele's brother Ingamar has brought to he has been studying abroad in oh, England yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's brought um, Connie and Simon. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, they've arrived at the commune and they're 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 just sort of getting their bearings. I mean, it's very idyllic. The 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 scenery is just so beautiful. Everything is green. Everyone is dressed in white. I mean, it's it's very it's it's it, I don't know. It's very idyllic is the right word, but it's yeah, also it's beautiful. But also because you sort of know that things are gonna go awry, it's also off putting. Unsettling. Yeah. yeah. That everyone is so happy and you just know shit's gonna go down. Well, and it's kind of, again a played for laughs kind of. They take this long pan shot around the the commune, and then as it gets toward the end, there are just, like, three people playing, like, flutes, and, like, it's just so over the top, um, but they start observing the ceremonies, which start out, um, you know, this, this whole movie, I'd be interested to know what exactly it's trying to say about, like, ethnography and anthropology, because it becomes a recurring thing throughout the movie, but there are, Josh, in particular, and Christian are observing the customs and rituals of the group. And they start off just kind of... Josh is taking notes. Yeah, and they start off kind of... And occasionally taking pictures, which he's not supposed to do. Um, Foreshadowing. Uh, (laughs) But they, they start out weird, but not... Deadly? Yeah, and then as the movie goes on crazier and crazier shit happens and there several of them try to rationalize it by being like we we're just not used to it like we don't know their customs yeah uh, there's a moment at toward the end or not toward the end uh, in the middle where we'll get to it in a bit but some gnarly shit happens to two older people and christian is talking to Danny afterwards and is like, we put old people in nursing homes in our country. They'd probably think that's messed up. I, I don't know exactly what it's trying to say about that kind of thing. Like, are they just being naive college kids? Or uh, I, I don't know. I just don't know exactly what it's trying to say. But I'd be interested to talk with somebody who has a stronger idea or a better knowledge of ethnography and anthropology. But at any rate, they start these rituals and it's mostly just like they're drinking these like little liquor things and uh, torches and there's some light dancing. Uh, Some of the kids are playing a game called Skin the Fool, (laughs) Um, which is just sort of like a dance. Um, And it's here that we start to notice that there's like this sort of very pale redheaded girl that's like lusting after christian yeah and he seems to notice it danny notices it i don't think she did yes she does because as she's moving by and it's a moment that's in the trailer too but the redheaded girl she's like dancing by like kind of kicks christian and christian looks up at her and danny does too she like well danny danny looks at him and i will say that in the script which I read yesterday, it's noted specifically that she doesn't notice. Oh, really? Yeah, that she's looking at him but doesn't notice. So I don't know. Maybe I'd have to watch it again to see her. Maybe it's just because I myself noticed and I put myself in Danny's Well, and it's the positioning... So I assume that she It's the positioning of the camera and, like, you see him get kicked, it, like, pans up and she's looking right at him, but he's looking past her 
at the girl who kicked him. Okay. So I don't know. I'm just, at any rate, that's setting up that that girl's got eyes on him. Um, so they get introduced to their to their rooms and are just sort of getting their bearings. Uh, and then shit hits the fan real quick because then they go to that the scarier ceremony. Oh yeah, well, so and again, this is sort of an interesting thing again where Pele mentions that there's going to be this the real ceremony starts in the morning and he mentions that Atastupa is going to be a part of it and Josh immediately knows what that means. Um, and he's like, oh, is it legit? Is it legit? And Pele's like, yeah, it's pretty legit. And um, Christian is like, well, what is that? And Josh just kind of like smiles and shakes his head at him, like isn't going to tell him. And he's like, oh, you bastard. And tries to like look it up on his phone and there's no signal. But it, so again, that sort of just begs some questions about the ethnography stuff. I mean, Josh knows what's going to happen and doesn't bother to tell any of them, but also doesn't think that it's particularly heinous. Um, well, but it is. Um, <laughs> they wake up and they go to the, like this ceremonial lunch where, you know, these two elders, a man and a woman come out and they sit at the table and everyone else moves in unison and then no, it, they don't move until the older people move. Well, that, like the that's older what I'm saying. They sit like, down and then they pick up their forks. And so then everyone else in like a chain reaction around the table picks up their forks. It's like, yeah, it's unsettling. I just thought in unison was the wrong word. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but after the meal, those two elders are like picked up in these sort of ceremonial chairs and carried out of the field and the group follows them but they sort of go different paths the 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 group goes down to like this beachy kind of area and the elders go up to this big cliff over the beachy yeah and they cut their hands and smear them on these runes um and then the woman walks to the edge of the cliff and it becomes very clear what's about to happen and Danny kind of freaks out and the woman jumps and grotesque I mean just so gory hits her face off the edge of this rock and it like explodes there's a big hole in her head yeah and she's dead and Connie and Simon Danny just sort of freezes it's like she move she like leaves her own body almost yeah and Connie and Simon start freaking out and uh the as the old man comes up to the edge of the cliff simon's like don't jump don't jump you know um the guy still jumps but he like pencil dives for some reason and shatters his legs yeah and so but he's still alive yeah and that like simon's like help him we need to help him like we can get him somewhere as he's wailing in pain on the ground all the commune members the hargars start to wail in sort of like mirror like they're acting out his pain as a unit yeah and three of them take this like comic like acme style mallet yeah (laughs) and they just bash him over the head with it and again, and this, they each take a turn. Like one bash was enough. He this was is, this, dead, but this then they sort each of, go through and bash him. This is sort of where the gallows humor comes in. Like the first hit, like explodes his head like a watermelon, but then they keep showing in pretty close up each successive hit. Yeah. And at a certain point, it just gets kind of ridiculous uh, on purpose, but it's super. It's super fucked up. I heard a lot about the gore in this movie before I saw it. It was mentioned a lot. And this is easily the gnarliest part. It's just, if you do go see it and you've somehow made it this far into listening and you're not into gore, this is definitely the part where you avert your eyes, I think. Yeah. But it's pretty messed up. Um, so they then, they, they, they start freaking out and Siv, like the elder woman of the group. Well, I use the word elder. She's she's like the leader of the commune, basically. Yeah. She she tries to explain to the Americans and to Connie and Simon, who are English, that this is like a great honor and 
it's it's just part of their the life cycle of the commune. She sort of explains it in a way that does make it sound like yeah, she we like, wouldn't points understand. out to like a pregnant woman in the thing and is like, you see that like that baby is going to be born and get one of their names. Like life cycles through here. Like this is how we view life. And it's and a- when it's my turn to like go, I'll be very happy to go. And when it's their turn to go, they'll be happy to go. This is what we do. And it is explained in such a way that like even as an audience member, you're like you buy into this kind of the ethnography stuff I was saying before, like, oh, I don't get it, but I could believe that that's something other cultures would do. Yeah, but Connie and Simon, like... And it's not like they murdered these people. They committed suicide. It was, like, senicide. So they just, like... It's grotesque, but no one... No one is, like... And several of them are very disturbed, but they haven't, like, totally lost it yet. Of the visitors. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Connie and Simon have, and they, like, want to go home. And Josh is more just, like, taking notes. Mark slept through it, and Christian seems, like, kind of unfazed. Danny is, like, visibly shaken, and I think she confronts him and is like, you're not disturbed? And he's like, well, you know, it's their thing. It was shocking. And Mark comes out and is like, do you guys let me sleep through that? Like, what the heck? I don't know. But Danny starts to have nightmares about... Like, she see It was very, like, Shining-esque. She sees... She has, like, these flashing images of, like, her sister at the ritual site and things like that. And, and it's really her mom and her dad falling off the cliff, not the elder people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty She's dealing up. with some trauma. Um, but then Connie and Mark... Connie and Mark. Connie and Simon decide that they, like, want to leave, yeah? Yeah, and sort of parallel to that, Christian uh, says that he's going to do his thesis on the Hargar and Josh gets really pissed at him. Yeah. Um, so he's like, you know I was going to do this. Like, I've been here. I've been taking notes and stuff. You know, like... It basically just establishes that Christian that Christian's is... Christian's a dick. Yeah, he's not a good dude even beyond his relationship with Danny. He's just sort of doesn't want to try anything. Yeah, and he, like, because he didn't have any thesis idea for his thesis. Yeah. Because they talked about that before they even left to Sweden. And then he gets there, he's like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'll be willing to collaborate with you if you want. Yeah. And Josh is like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so the, the there's a lot going on right in this segment because then also Mark, Mark, the douchey bro dude, goes to pee and he pees on like a ceremonial site like a burial ground for the ashes it's a dead tree that they put the ashes of the of the two old people that have just committed suicide like they burn their bodies down into ash and then they scoop out the ash and they pour it on this tree which is like this dead tree and he goes and he pisses on it i mean he didn't see any of the other shit but like then they like people in the cult get real mad at him yeah they're like you're not whatever and pele's like trying to explain to him he's like this is like this is a very important tree to us he's like it's just a dead tree it's just a dead tree like where i would immediately be like oh my god i'm so sorry that i just pissed on your Mm -hmm. ancestors like please forgive me you know whatever he was like it's just a dead tree i don't get it like it's like jesus yeah which is why i doubt that he was an anthropology student but whatever well you might be right so josh then goes and to to like the temple uh, and is re- is being shown the Ruby Radar, Ruby Radar or something like that, which is... I don't know, it's their holy text. Yeah, and it's, like, made up of runes, and the, the like, the, the man who's showing him it explains that a, like, disabled person named Ruben, who is birthed via incest... Purposeful incest. Purposeful incest is like the group's oracle and like does these finger paintings that are then interpreted by the elders who then tr- write these rune rune text and it's pretty much been a continuous project for the life of the commune is to like inbreed one to like person and have someone who's unclouded yeah yeah and um who can just and he like finger paints on these pages yeah and then they They interpret his paintings which are not like beautiful paintings can i just say they look like kids finger they're just like smears but yeah it's i was surprised by how little they ended up doing with that i think which is probably purposeful it's not really about them it's about danny 
but I did just sort of expect a little more about that. At any rate, they go to dinner, and Mark is taken away by a girl he's been crushing on in the commune, and uh, Christian is fed a meat pie from which he procures a pubic hair, red pubic hair, which we saw earlier in the movie, like a tapestry on the commune that shows that like the love ritual for the commune is, involves the, the woman snipping off pubic hair and feeding it to the man, yeah. as well as giving them some of their menstrual blood. And so then you also notice on the table that everyone else's drink is yellow, yellow and his is like an orangey from red being mixed into it. I pointed that out to you. Yes, you did. So, pretty messed up. Uh, (laughs) How do you think I got you? Jesus Christ. I hope nobody made it this far in. (laughs) That's Emma did not feed me bodily products. You don't know. Oh, my God. Let's move on. Anyways, Josh... Desperate to get pictures of the Ruby Radar, but has been told that he can't, sneaks out in the middle of the night. Mark has not come back, by the way. Josh sneaks out to take pictures of the Ruby Radar, breaks into the temple, and as he's taking pictures, sort of a nude figure comes in. He is nude. And then Josh is clubbed over the head. But he thinks, wait, he thinks that the figure is Mark. Mark. He's like, Mark, what? Shh, stop. I'm like whatever, we're not supposed to be doing this because it does kind of look like Mark's face. Mm -hmm. But then once he's hit over the head, you realize it's someone who has put Mark's skin, like face skin, over his own. Yeah. Oh, no. Skin the fool. I also (laughs) pointed that out. Yes. So, very, very gross. So... Then the next morning, Connie and Simon want to get out of there. They're like, fuck this shit. But as Connie's getting... Danny's concerned about that. Um, But... Connie's like going and grabbing her stuff and this elder comes up and he's like, oh, Connie, Simon already left for the train station. And Connie was like, what? He wouldn't do that. Because they're engaged. They're engaged. And she's like, yeah, he wouldn't do that. And Danny's like, yeah, he would not do that. They're like, there wasn't enough room in the truck. Like, the truck will come back and take you to the train station and you'll be all good. And she's like, that just doesn't make any sense. And she's like real pissed and like kind of storms off. And then the the old guy who's been explaining it to her just kind of like, walks away in the other direction kind of smiling like it's almost kind of funny and Danny is left there like just kind of blinking yeah and shortly thereafter you hear that Connie was also taken in a separate vehicle to the train station yeah and Danny gets suspicious of that kind of understandably yeah um but well and that's what I think this movie does well is like they they all they're all dead you know and you know they're dead but you really only see Josh being hit over the head. Like, you don't see Mark being skimmed. You don't see Connie and Simon. However they died, you just know they're dead. Yeah, and I think, like, that, you know, Ari Aster was tasked with writing this slasher movie at a Swedish compound, and he very skillfully uses that trope where everyone disappears, like, one by one, but does it in a way that isn't slasher you know yeah it's interesting um but at any rate uh at this point danny has been recruited into dancing in the, the and yeah yeah they dance around the maypole in the winter the, the last like person standing tea. yeah yeah they drink this psychedelic tea and they make this sound which is pretty intimidating um <laughs> but uh so they st- the, the, most of the women, the young women, start dancing, and they start tripping nuts. And so several of them, every few seconds, are falling away. Dan- or falling down. As soon as you fall down, you're out. Yeah. But they're all having fun. Yeah, um, and Danny is too. She's yeah, she, like- she's worried that she won't get it, but she's, she's in, like, a white gown, uh, yeah, like a caftan. Yeah, in their clothing. And she has, like, a flower crown on, and they start dancing. And meanwhile... Uh, Christian has a meeting with Siv, the leader of the commune, who asks him 
if he likes Maya, who's the, red the redheaded girl. And, if and he's he like, says, oh. she says they've been approved to mate. And he's like, oh, I, I think I ate one of her pubes. And she's like, that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that they they sort of leave it up in the air about how he feels about it, though you have a pretty good sense how he feels about it. And uh, as he goes to watch the dance, he gets drugged with like a heavy, what seems to be a heavy dose of that tea. Yeah. Um, which, you know, he, he spends basically the rest of the movie in a psychedelic trance, which we'll describe more in a bit. But Danny ends up winning the competition. Yeah, she becomes the May Queen. Yes, and after she wins, they're celebrating. They give her this big... An even bigger flower point. crown. They, like She has to go and like bless the crops, basically. Well, and they well, put her up on this. She's like, a, everybody, she's going through this crowd. Everybody's congratulating her. And like Pele like, kisses her. It's like, that's so amazing that you're May Queen. And like, kisses her. And she's just kind of stunned. She's definitely like tripping. She's happy but like it all just kind of seems a little woo-wah they put her up on this like wooden platform that they carry her should also note that she as she sees all these people embracing her she sees for a moment like her mom yeah she sees her mom as she's walking through the crowd like she's like mom like i don't know and so then she has to go in this little carriage that's being pulled by a bunch of other young maidens to go bless the crops and she asks she's like can christian go with me and they're like no well the may queen has to go alone christian is like there's several there's several interesting moments to that dinner because they're at this very long table and danny's putting this ornate like floral throne and she's playing with the leaves like feeling like the connection yeah the leaves that are on her chair yeah meanwhile christian is like visibly freaking out and he asks the, uh, an old man sitting next to me, he's like, what's happening? And the dude just like claps in his face and Christian freaks out. Yeah. Like- um, he's not doing well. So, but as Danny is wheeled off to do the, the crop ritual, um, Christian is sort of lured into the barn. Beckoned into a different building. To have, which is, this is where the movie gets really fucking weird. As if it hadn't been already. Um, to have sex with Maya. And so... Who's like laying on a bed of flowers. She's naked. But there's a semicircle of other naked women. Older uh, naked women. No, they vary in Oh, age. really? I thought they were... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. You're right. You're right. But... There are some old. There are some young. They're all naked. Yeah. And they're chilling in a semicircle around her. So they, they like start... He's like, okay, this is weird. But yeah, I want to have sex with you. And they start having sex. But then he realizes whenever Maya like does like a uh or like makes the sex sound, all the women in the semicircle like mirror her and feel it with her. So they're all like, oh, yeah. and he's like a little freaked out. And well, because he's still tripping. I mean, I think also that's weird. Well, it is weird, but it's extra weird when you're on drugs. I also think that he's in whenever he's dosed with the with the heavy dose of psychedelics, the woman who gives it to him says like you it lets down your defenses, it makes you vulnerable. And like I think you could read that they have they have essentially they're like it, it it's sort of left up to the audience interpretation whether he was himself susceptible to cheating on Danny or if he's being taken advantage of, if he's like being raped by He is being taken advantage of. I also think he was I think he was susceptible yeah. to cheating on her, but yes, he is drugged. So who knows? It doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, I no, think no, it doesn't because you don't care about him like as a character. Like he's but a it, but it matters to the person. But it matters to the morality uh, of the movie and uh, like the morality of the the cult is what I'm saying. Like because. We, we can get into this because you have to know the ending to know what I'm trying to say there exactly. But Danny comes back and she's going to go in for some sort of ceremony at Civs, but here's all the singing in the barn. And, Not the singing. Wow, well, like, the moaning. moaning. And so she goes, she wants to go check it out and they're like, you, sh- you really shouldn't. But no, it's, they say it would be better if you didn't. didn't. Yeah, but so it's like, there. it's a... D- it's a really half-hearted defense to try and keep her from looking. I think they're just letting her make her own decisions. 
I think they want her to look. And so she does. Cr- I don't. I don't think they care. I think they're very honest. I think they're like, it'd be better if you didn't. But you're. Are you an sure adult. you don't want to join the cult? <laughs> she didn't like that joke. But anyways, Danny goes and looks through the door and sees sees Christian having sex with this other woman, and so she starts to freak out and have like a panic attack. You don't see her having sex with him, though. You just see her look Reaction. in the door and then freak out because you turned to me in the theater and were like, "Oh, clearly, like something bad is going I, down in there." Like I did think I something like, bad eh. was happening. But no, she's just he's just having sex with that girl and she has a panic attack and as she goes back to like the building where she sleeps, all the other women join her and they just have this huge cathartic like primal scream. She like finally lets out all her crime because as she's kind of trying to hold in her like cries, all the women are like holding in their cries, but they're like mimicking her kind of. Like the deep breathing. Yeah. And so finally, like, because everybody's doing it, she just like lets it out. And so they all cry with her. And it's like, finally you see like, because watching her hold in her like crying through the whole movie is so difficult to watch. Like it's just really gut wrenching because it's like, oh my gosh, just let it out. Like you're safe, but no, she's not safe to let it out because she doesn't have a support system. And so it's like a weird kind of turning point where it's like, here is this whole support system, and she's finally letting it all out. Yeah, and it's sort of at that point that she accepts the cult as her new family it definitely seems like that which again is why i think they wanted her to see that they wanted this to happen so that she would basically join them is my thought but christian as the after the climax of his ritual sex sort of has that um i saw somebody on reddit write that this movie took post-nut clarity to a whole new level and he pretty much just like sobers up immediately and goes running off into the field naked and then tries to hide in a barn where he finds that simon has been like flayed into an eagle essentially he has like wings and his organs have been like lifted out of his body but they're still like the lungs are still breathing it's hard to tell whether that's like hallucinogens or not i thought it was hallucinogens Just because he goes and looks at his face, like he looks at his face underneath and he's got like flowers in his eyes, but he's not moving at all. Yeah. But Uh, I don't, up to interpretation. Super gross. Really Uh, gross. And, but then Christian is very promptly jumped and this like dust is blown into his face. And when he comes to, he's in the field and he can't move and he can't speak. And Danny is on this like platform in an even more ridiculous like flower gown it's like coating her whole body it's like a poncho yeah that goes and, all the way to the ground yeah and sh- the the commune is informed that like they're explaining basically what happens they're like every 90 years we sacrifice well they actually lives. they don't say every 90 years which part of the there hasn't been it's not clear to me how often they do this if they just said that to like pele said it because that would lure people in like oh we're only gonna get to see it's a once in a lifetime chance but there are pictures of like the may queen they're like but the that's a festival that people do every year well but they oh, okay. but they say the may queen picks saying. one person they say that four people from the commune get sacrificed four outsiders and the may queen gets to pick one between an outsider and a pre-selected a commune member which they do like out of a bingo thing which yeah, is like very of. reminiscent of um the lottery the lottery yeah which is a good shirley jackson short but story but there are just like dozens of pictures of the may queen and, I know. Uh, and obviously if they did it every 90 years so I mean, it's up for interpretation but I i'm think, saying as well. they could do the may queen thing and not do all the sacrificing but it, whatever well it's just unclear is yeah all I'm trying yeah to say. and i'm agreeing they pick Somebody out of like the they've already killed four outsiders and they've had two elders killed, so they're gonna have Ingmar Pel, Pele's brother and Ulf, who is who the had, guy like volunteered to do it, right? No, he didn't volunteer, I don't think, or maybe yes. they, they both volunteered. Yeah, they said like Ingmar get like it's a great honor. 
to get okay. to die in this. And Ingmar's going because he brought in two outsiders. He brought Connie and Simon, and that was, like, good of him. And Ulf, because he's, um, oh, it was something about his wisdom. Do you know, do you remember that bit? I can't remember. I don't know, but it's like they've gotten to do this. And Pele is also awarded. He doesn't get to die, but he's like, he has like a giant kind of leaf crown for on his For his unclouded intuition. Yes. For... And so Danny is given this choice that she gets to pick between Christian, who's like drugged in a wheelchair, and somebody else. And that's where it's like the lottery because they pull, it's like they play a giant bingo. They've got these wooden balls with little ruins on them and they spin it around and one comes out and they're like, it's this guy who's just, he's some random, yeah, right? Just like, some I'm not, guy, yeah. yeah. And you don't actually hear her say the decision. Do you? No, it, it just, just cuts to a bear dead on a table, which beforehand, and this is also the humor bit, where it's like, as they're walking around in the very beginning showing them the commune, there's a bear in a cage, and Mark's like, what's that? Like, you know, kind of trying to be like, what's up with that? Like, what are you doing with that bear? But Pelle's just like, that's a bear. And they, like, keep walking. But now the bear is dead on the table, and this elder is showing these little boys, which is why I do actually think it's every 90 years, because... I was thinking, like, if it's every 90 years, then it's like those little boys would probably have to be the ones doing it next time. I don't know. I don't know, though. Um, But that would be 90 years from them. They'd be like 100 years old. Okay. So they wouldn't make it to 72. All right. Well, that's just where I I don't know. Okay. It's fine. Go on. But he's showing them to, like, cut around and take out the organs so nothing, like, splashes and you don't quite know what they're gonna do with this like emptied out bear but then you see christian has been put in the bear suit and sewn up into it and is wheeled into this like hut where they then put the bodies of simon connie mark and josh Mm -hmm. um and then two statues representing the two elder people that jumped off the cliff and ingmar and the other guy um and they're just chilling in the air and um, an elder comes in and gives Ingmar and um, Ulf. I think so. Yeah. Like a bit of sap from like the yew tree. He's like for strength and to not feel pain. And they're all like very at peace with it. And then they set fire to it. And that whole mother burns down. And Ulf does feel pain. He starts screaming. And so everyone out in the yard starts screaming. Yeah. And Danny initially is sort of like... Uh, taken aback by that but then she starts to join in and is like like writhing in pain and celebrating with them in sort of like this wild flailing and then she smiles and the movie's over yeah she's like crying but she's smiling and like all the flowers what did what did you say the script said the script ends with the line it is horrible and it is beautiful, which and is it pretty was. much a perfect summarization of the end of the movie. So, I mean... So it's incredible because it's, like, complex and you feel this moral, like, compass pull of, like, well, you just, in our society, we do not sacrifice people, you know? Like, and people have died and that's awful. But then on the other hand, like, you're with Danny that whole journey and you're like, God, I wanted her to find, like, a home and a happiness and she has. It's just with well, a murderous, murderous cult. cult. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's why I think it's more, I, I like hereditary, well, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say which one I like more at this point. But Hereditary, the payment cult, are bad people fucking up Annie's family for their gain. So they're, like, uniformly bad. Whereas the Hargar cult... you Care. you Well, you're sympathetic to Danny all the... I don't know if I'd go so far as to say for sure that they care. But you're sympathetic to Danny and you want her... Because... Let me step back. The Hargar, you're on a purposefully not always aware of what exactly they're doing and why they're doing it. But Danny, you're sympathetic to throughout the whole movie. And so at the end to see her in like one moment of happiness with the people who truly care and care about her around her feels good. But also how she got there is through like the murder of four people who weren't super great but also probably didn't deserve to be murdered with her boyfriend being drugged and raped and um 
she's also kind of just been brainwashed. It's hard to, it leaves you in kind of like a weird place where you just don't know if the actualization that she has achieved is worth, like, did the ends justify the means sort of thing. It's, uh, I don't think that there's a right or a wrong answer. It's just a very, it's a very interesting dilemma, you know. Yeah, I guess I just saw her journey more as metaphor and like having to cleanse out like when Christian when I knew that she had picked Christian I was like that's the last tie for her to like the life she knew and it was a shitty life and like now she can really start over and like I guess I just didn't like think of it as like really the murder of four people because it's a movie and I was thinking about it more as the metaphor of like like needing to cleanse yourself and start over and i was like that's beautiful but also i i get it well on a metaphorical level i would agree with you in the in literal context of the movie it's a little more gray yes if we're taking the movie literally it's awful yeah well it's just an interesting there's a lot to chew on and as emma and i both agreed it's probably gonna require another watch which hopefully we'll do soon yeah i want to watch it again really but it's very hot Pick in our apartment, apart. and we've done over an hour, so we're going to wrap it up. But in summary, go see Midsummer because it. it's great. Yeah. You won't, well, you might be disappointed, but you won't see another movie like it anytime soon. So. It's true. All right, so thank you for listening, everyone. We'll have a new episode for you on Monday, hopefully, so uh, we'll try and get back on schedule. But thank you for waiting for this one, and uh, have, a nice, have a nice 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Goodbye. 